I'd love, to, I'd love to tell you a story about falling to academic temptation. Would you like to hear it? Yeah? A couple, a couple of years ago, I was in a political science class um, with a friend of mine. I absolutely adored my political science classes, and I was doing pretty well. But my friend was having a really hard time in the class. I did everything I could to help her study, um, and I gave her my notes, and I tried to encourage her um, to do the assignments, and we studied together for the tests, but she was still struggling. Um, I felt so guilty, and I thought it was my job to help her. I wanted to be the reason that she passed the class. That's a little sketch, but... Um, we had a take-home final in the class, and our professor was pretty clear that we had to work alone. Um, during finals week, my friend asked me if, that, if we could work on the final together, and um, the final was due in about 18 hours, and she hadn't started. I was terrified. I was so worried about her. I was convinced that I, I didn't go and encourage her to do the final. She would probably not finish it and fail the class. Even though I knew I was crossing a line, I went to the library to help my friend. Um, and uh, we will definitely return to this story later. <laughs> um, so tonight's text is um, on Matthew 4, and it is about another person who was tempted just as I was. Could I get my lovely Bible pastors to pass out Bibles, please? If you want to raise your hand, it's the, I think Melissa says, the international I need a Bible sign. Um, so... Uh, if you don't have a Bible, um, this Bible is yours to keep um, or to borrow for the night. So Jesus was tempted just as I was, yet he didn't sin. He's a much better example than I am. Um, let's read Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. By the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. So what is the first thing we notice? We learn that Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. What is going on here? It looks like God is tempting Jesus, but we know that's about theology. When we look more closely, we see what God is actually doing. God did not tempt Jesus. He simply led him to a place where his faith would be tested. This is exactly what we read about in James 1, 13 through 15, which says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. 
Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Notice that Satan did not lead Jesus into the place where he, be, he would be tempted. God did. God did not tempt Jesus, and he will never tempt any of us. But he did put his, hang on. But he did put his son in a position to have his faith tested. Why did the father do this? The answer to this will become more clear as the story unfolds. This story will also answer, help us answer the question, when we are tempted, what should we do? We look to Jesus to give us an example of how to deal with temptation in our own lives. So in this story, we've already covered that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. We also see here that Jesus was fasting for 40 days. Why was he fasting? The text is clear that Jesus chose to fast. Um, this wasn't a result of not having access to any food. Jesus chose to fast because he wanted to place himself in total reliance on the Father. Instead of relying on his own strength and power, Jesus had to rely solely on the Father to resist temptation. As we heard in Michael's message last week, Matthew assumes that his readers have grown up hearing the Old Testament stories. What are some places in scripture um, where people had to live in total reliance on God? The children of Israel's 40 years of wandering in the desert was the first story that came to my mind. You can read about this in Exodus and Deuteronomy, which I highly recommend. Um, the 40 years of wandering um, in the desert can be summarized in Deuteronomy 8.2, which says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. The Lord led his children into the wilderness to test them in order to see what was in their hearts. In both Exodus and Deuteronomy, we see that Israel ultimately did not rely on the Lord and fell away from him time and time again. Here we see in Matthew that Jesus, or that God is testing Jesus in a very similar way. What did this wilderness temptation reveal about where Jesus' heart was at? We see throughout this whole story that the devil was tempting Jesus to rely on himself. Jesus chose to fast before being tempted to make sure that he was relying completely on the Father and not himself. How are we doing at relying on the Father, at relying completely on the Father in the midst of tempt our temptation? So how can we relate to this story? When is Satan most likely to tempt you and I? Just like he tempted Jesus, when we are at our weakest. Friends, we are told to be on our guard because we are in a spiritual war. 1 Peter 5.8 tells us to be alert and be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Satan is looking to kill us. So the temptations are tempting. So let's jump back into the story to get a look at the first temptation. Jesus was hungry after fasting for 40 days. Wouldn't you be? I certainly would be. Here's the temptation. The devil wanted Jesus to provide for himself. In modern times, we could read this as, you are intelligent college students, and you are capable of providing for yourselves. 
why do you wait for the Lord to give you what you want when you can just find it on your own? You see, our temptation is the same as that of Jesus. How do we beat this temptation to be self-sufficient instead of God-sufficient? Jesus quotes scripture, so should we. He responds to, responded to Satan's temptation um, by quoting Deuteronomy 8.3, which says, man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what is the spiritual lesson to learn? What Jesus is saying here is that we do not rely on ourselves. We rely on the provision of the Father. Isn't this temptation the same one that Adam and Eve fell into? The Lord provided them everything that they needed in the garden, but told them that they could not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Satan told them that they didn't need to rely on God, um, that they could take the knowledge for themselves and that they would be like God. In what ways do we do this? What can we learn from this first temptation? Jesus reminds us in his response to live in total submission to God, to live on his every word. Jesus shows us here that scripture has power against the temptations that Satan throws at us. How can you use scripture to respond to the way Satan tempts you? Flashing back um, to Jesus in the wilderness, um, what does the second temptation look like? At this point, uh, Satan has caught on to Jesus' plan of reciting scripture in response to him. He quotes Psalm 91 saying, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Satan twists the scripture saying, if this is true, throw yourself down from the highest point of the temple and the Lord will save you. What Satan really wants Jesus to do is doubt the Lord's power and ability to save him. Does Jesus doubt the father's ability to protect him? No. He responds to Satan's temptation by quoting Deuteronomy 6.16, 6, uh, saying, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus' response shows us the truth. It is true that the Lord loves Jesus and protects him, but Satan is asking him to put that to the test. He re Jesus responds by reminding us that we submit to the Lord, not the other way around. We don't ask the Father to submit to our will. We submit to his. Have you ever been tempted to put the Lord to the test? Sometimes this looks like asking the Lord to stop us from making bad decisions. For example, um, I have asked the Lord to stop me from going on a date with a questionable guy, even though I shouldn't have gone. Um, the Lord never answered that prayer, and I went on a sketchy date. Um, <laughs> I lived out this temptation. I asked the Lord to stop me from making a bad decision that I knew I was that I knew was wrong to begin with. I put the Lord to the test. What I didn't realize was that the Lord already told me in his word that I shouldn't go. There are verses about une being unequally yoked with non-Christians. There are verses about making wise decisions. And there are verses warning about the dangers of lusting after men instead of loving God. The Lord talks to us about our decisions in his word. We can learn from the mistakes and faithfulness of Abraham, Moses, David, Solomon, Jonah, Esther, and so many more people. How many times do we ask the Lord to stop us from making bad decisions? How do we respond to this temptation to put the Lord to the test? How should we respond? 
by submitting our entire lives to the Lord and submitting to the life that, that scripture calls us to live. So what is Satan's third and final temptation? He tells Jesus that I will give you the world. You can avoid the suffering if you worship me. We will be constantly tempted to worship anything that isn't God. What are you tempted to worship? Friends, Satan is so tricky about how he asks us to worship him. There won't be a clear moment where Satan takes you up to the top of a mountain and tells you that you can have the whole world if you just worship him. But he presents us with this choice daily. How does this happen? In verse 8 and 9, Jesus has been given the opportunity to claim dominion over the whole world with Satan. If Jesus decides to take Satan's offer, he will not have to suffer. The real temptation is, are you going to choose comfort for yourself, or are you going to choose God? This is why Jesus responds with Deuteronomy 6.13 and says that we are to worship the Lord your God and serve him only and take your oaths in his name. Choosing God means that you will most certainly face trials, temptation, and suffering. Satan wants us to think that he is on our side so that we will choose ourselves instead of God. Satan wants us to think that he knows what we want. He wants us to think that we can give ourselves our heart's desire. Like Michael said in his message last week, Satan's ultimate temptation is influencing us to doubt God. How have you been influenced to doubt God recently? We can learn so much from Jesus in how he responds to the question of doubting God. Jesus knows that he is going to suffer, yet he submits to the Lord's will anyway. This is the king that we follow. The one who submits to the Father, no, uh, the one who submits to the Father's will no matter what, because the Father alone is worthy of worship. After he quotes Deuteronomy 6, Jesus also commands Satan to leave him. This is so important to note because Jesus is showing us that he has the power and authority to command Satan away from him. So what can we learn from this story? Jesus is making three important points in his responses to Satan. He is emphasizing that the only way to withstand temptation is total reliance on the Father. He is emphasizing that the Father is sovereign, that we cannot ask him to save us from our own poor decisions. We submit to his will. He is also emphasizing that the Father alone is worthy of our worship. Even though the, uh, the temptations were different, the spiritual lesson is the same. This is summarized in James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We can resist temptation when we rely on the Lord's power, fully submitting ourselves to him. How, how can we follow Jesus who has shown us here that he has authority over Satan and can stand up under his, under his temptation? Remember the story I was telling you about my friend and our uh, poli-sci final? Um, technically, I didn't give her the answers to the test. I, I met her and helped her, but I was still guilty of helping her cheat. I still broke the rules. I was guilty of becoming my friend's savior. I decided that I needed to be the one to encourage her, that I needed to save her from herself and help her. 
In doing that, I fell into the trap of trying to live in my own power. I also opened myself up to further temptation to help other friends in this class cheat in the same way. What do you do when you are faced with temptation? Do you flee? I didn't. 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us that no temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Jesus faced the exact same temptations you and I face every single day. We might not be living in Jerusalem during Greco-Roman times, but we certainly face the the same temptations. It is so comforting to know that we serve a king who has faced every single temptation we have, but did not fall. Hebrews 4, 15 through 16 reminds us of this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Isn't this comforting to know? Jesus understands what it means to be tempted. So he can help us through our temptations. Finally, how does this text relate to the central theme of the kingdom of heaven in Matthew's gospel that we learned about last week? At the very beginning of of his book, Matthew is making the bold claim that the kingdom of heaven is a place where Satan's power is broken, where his lies and temptations hold no power. Throughout all of scripture, we constantly see the people of Israel and even heroes of our faith like Moses and David fall to the power of temptation, except Jesus. This story is very clearly showing us that Satan has no power in the kingdom of heaven and that the Son of God has victory and power over temptation. What hope does this offer us? 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Friends, how will you allow Jesus, our king who faced temptation and did not fall, to break the power of temptation in your life? And as we move into a time of worship, um, I would love for you to pray and journal about these four questions that are on the slide. Um, The first one is, what are your temptations revealing about the condition of your heart? How can we use scripture to respond to temptation? In what ways are you putting the Lord to the test? And how will you allow Jesus, our king who faced temptation and did not fall, to break the power of temptation in your life.